hear this music, it's just, I, you know, it just, my heart just soars. Like, I can, I can feel my whole body, my, fill up. And I, when I play it, I want to feel that. I want to feel my body fill up, my soul, you know, fill up. Welcome to Native Lights, where Indigenous voices shine. I'm your host, Cole Primo. And I'm your other host, Leah Lem. Miigwech for joining us today. So Native Lights is, at its core, a place for Native folks to tell their stories. Each week, we have wonderful conversations with great guests from a whole lot of different backgrounds. These are policymakers, healers, artists, leaders, you name it. We talk to them about their gifts and how they may be sharing those gifts with their community. And it all kind of centers around the big point of purpose in our lives. And I can't wait to continue amplifying Native voices today. Today, we are going back to season one of Native Lights for a conversation about identity and how identity shapes the art we make. Today, we'll be hearing from Anishinaabe jazz guitarist Briand Morrison. Briand is a member of the Grand Portage Band of Lake Superior Chippewa. He lives along the north shore of Lake Superior and has been playing guitar for more than 50 years. His father is George Morrison, the late abstract expressionist artist who has influenced his playing over the years. And Brian has continued his father's legacy by presenting his father's art accompanied by his guitar playing. that it's got that clean kind of jazzy feel to it right so this this piece is from Brian's album called musical impressions so Brian has done interpretations musical interpretations of his father's artwork so he'll play these tunes while he projects or puts up on a screen his father's artwork. Mm. So it kind of, I don't know, it kind of like plays off of his artwork. So gotcha. it's like this double, double artistic expression, one from George Morrison and one from Briand. Like a generational thing. Like yeah. That. So Briand is working on this new project called Anishinaabe Jazz. We'll hear more about it in this episode. We'll hear more about it and its process. But the main... The main focus is combining Brian's Western music learning with his Anishinaabe heritage and traditional music. It's pretty neat. So I first met Brian at a gig in, at the depot in Duluth. It was amazingly snowy. It was like December or something. <clears throat> it was one of those wonderful days in Duluth where you can't you know, drive up the hill my little Prius like started skidding back. <laughs> so I was like, oh, I'm just going to take another way. But so the gig was for a fundraiser for Standing Rock. Uh, and 
I watched him play and I was totally blown away. You know, he uses the looper, so he like lays down the progression first mm. and then he'll improvise over it or play a tune over it, which is I thought it was pretty neat. So right. he's kind of like a one-man show. Um, I also learned, you know, in our chats that he was a software engineer or a software developer. Say what? <laughs> yeah. So, you know, he has that dual mind, which I think is pretty cool. cool. Anyway, so as you know, Cole, and I know, it can be a somewhat rare privilege and uh, pretty hard work to be a full-time working musician. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's, it's a grind. Yeah. So it's usually good to have a steady gig, too. But Brand is a full-time musician. That's awesome. Yeah. So throughout my conversation with Briand, he talks about identity and jazz and his family, which is all part of this, what I like to call creation story and inspiration for his project called Anishinaabe Jazz. Let's hear some of the conversation I had with Briand. So Briand told me a bit about how he got to where he is as a jazz guitarist. Nice. I'm Brian Morrison. I'm from Grand Portage. I'm a jazz guitar player. I love jazz because it's it's a f really fun for me to play. It, it uses um, my entire being. It requires a lot of concentration and um, and it and it flows. It's like a puzzle. It's like you're weaving your way through this this landscape of harmonic, you know, this harmonic landscape, and you're just like weaving your way in, in and out and through, you know, using scales and ryth rhythmic things. And it's, it's just so fun to play jazz. I was born in New York and raised in Rhode Island. Um, moved to St. Paul in 1970. Moved up to Grand Portage here um, in 2000 when my when my father passed away. I came up to settle his estate. At the end of three years, I uh, officially moved up here. And so that was about 2003, and uh, I've been here ever since. I was a software developer, so there's no software developer jobs up here. So I did some computer-related stuff in the casino, mostly. And, and the rest of the time, I've been practicing my guitar. said you know he said you know they they pay people you know they, they they pay people for playing guitar like this and <laughs> and I thought oh okay well um and I went out and I got some jobs initially and, and you know it was slow starting and it took many years to to build up my act that I have and and then and to kind of um, get known enough to be hired consistently. So so now I've gotten to the point where I I, I get to do this full time. So I don't I don't have to have a computer day job. <laughs> I uh, 
I just uh, practice a whole lot and, and try to find gigs and play them. You're listening to Native Lights, where Indigenous voices shine. Native Lights is produced by Minnesota Native News and is made possible by the Arts and Cultural Heritage Fund. Today we are revisiting a conversation we had with Anishinaabe guitarist. Briand is a member of the Grand Portage Band of Lake Superior Chippewa. He lives along the north shore of Lake Superior and has been playing guitar for more than 50 years. So at this point, Briand is living in Grand Portage as a full-time jazz guitarist. And then he starts to do some more exploration of his Anishinaabe heritage. So in this next bit of conversation, Briand talks about his father, George Morrison's experience growing up, and then how that plays into how he himself was raised. My my father didn't teach me any traditional ways the language or much of anything and and the reason is 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 he he didn't want me to go through what he went through which which was was you know the bigotry oppression the racism when he was 6 years old he was taken you know from his family and put into Hayward uh, boarding school right and so and those were the days when they took they took kids from their families and you know and put them in boarding schools and so so he didn't speak English you know and, and so he learned English there and anyway so he was inoculated with tuberculosis and contracted tuberculosis and he had to have his left hip bone removed when he was ten. And he spent an, an entire year in a full body cast when he was 10 years old. And, and I think at that time, he, since he was bedridden, you know, he discovered books and reading and, 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 and drawing and such. It's very painful to, to, to think of, even when my, my father was born, even now, really, as my father was growing up, you know, how Indians were treated. Um, it, it was, it's just, God, it's, it's, it's unbelievable. So I was an only child. Um, for the most part in my life, I guess I've felt sort of lost in a way. I, I took my first drink when I was 11. And... And then, and then by the time I was 14, I, I was doing all of the, the 70s drugs, which was acid and speed and, and mushrooms and smoking pot all the time. And, yeah, and, and going to keggers on the weekend. And, you know, so it was, a, it was a big party, you know. I knew I had a problem right away, and, and I, I didn't want to have a problem. What I've discovered in my search for myself and, and going, going forward and finding my path, the reasons on how you got to be a certain way, they're important, but they're not as important as moving forward. 
for most of my life, those aspects were, were very superficial, okay? It was, it was like how I fit in and, 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 you know, what I looked like and what I, you know, what I thought I looked like to other people and, you know, and what they thought of me. That was like the most important thing, right? But, but now it's, it's like none of that matters like it did. Briand is now sober, actually. He did go through treatment several times. Great. Um, Good for him. Yeah, so that's great. And he said he doesn't know why, but the last time he went through it, it just stuck. So, way to go, Briand. So, in that conversation, Briand talks about racism, right? Bigotry that his father experienced that his father didn't want him to experience. So I'd like to talk just a little bit about, you know, what were those times in our lives where we might have experienced stuff, bad moments that we've carried with us that we may- maybe don't want other people to experience. And, you know, it's not going to be at all on the level of George George Morrison and being sure. in a boarding school. Definitely not. Um, so I'd just like to... You know, take a moment. You know, is there anything you'd want to share? I guess uh, things that stick with me is like, you know, coming from our background, which is mixed ancestry, you know, being Native American, being Scandinavian, you kind of live in two worlds. So I remember going up to the reservation and being called a, a little white boy by the kids there. And then, you know, coming back to elementary school or something like that, where I was being called little native boy or, you know, being put, being placed as the, the, the native person in our Thanksgiving play as a child and not even really understanding that that was kind of covert racism. But yes, um, something that I believe we, yeah, we both experienced. Yeah, for sure. And I, I remember being called half-breed. Yeah, that's another thing. Yeah. I don't know about that. Yeah. <laughs> and you get it kind of from both sides. and um, But just experiencing that from um, kids at school, right? Mm-hmm. Like, why are you calling me that? Like, is that a, is that a bad thing or is it just like a fact or, you know, I, I don't know. But I do remember one time that I was affected actually to tears. You know, I'm, I'm a sensitive person. <laughs> but no. I, was, I was on school bus. I think it was middle school. Oh, yeah, maybe middle school. And kids were acting really rowdy. You know, the kids, you know, kind of in the middle of the bus. As they do. Yeah, and throwing things and like screaming and yelling. And the bus driver pulled over and he starts yelling. He's like, sit down, you're acting like a bunch of wild Indians. And I was like, wow, I don't know any Indians that act like that. <laughs> I mean, well, I don't know, maybe, but I, I don't know any. And... You know, I, I kind of realized, I mean, I, I sat there thinking, like, he must not like me. Or he must not think that my family can behave or something like that. And at that point, I, it really hit me. Like, I got off the bus and I, like, I cried. And I almost didn't know why. Mm. But it was just almost like, that's my family you're talking about. <laughs> 
And that brings up the whole uh, media portrayal of native culture and, you know, the, the wild savage. And that's going to be covered in other episodes, of course. Yeah, exactly. And I can't wait to talk about that, yeah. too. And it's a whole other thing. Yeah, so, you know, there are all these things that, you know, I don't want, you know, my kid to experience. Sure. And hopefully, you know, mindsets change or at least it gets out of the, you know, this is cool to say. Mm -hmm. It's funny. We did call the school and Mm -hmm. he did get a talking to. So That's good. Yeah. (laughs) I like that ending. Yeah. We talk about overt versus covert racism and you can ask somebody have you experienced racism and it's like well yes daily but not somebody coming up to you and saying mm-hmm. you know xyz racist comments subtle right the subtle racism the sy- systematic mm-hmm. systemic racism and things like that that are just built into societal structures so Again, that's a whole other thing, too. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> so, back to Briand. Luckily, we have great people like Briand and other artists who are out there doing this work that's, you know, expressing identity in this way that's self-expressed and doesn't rely on the media or somebody else to express it for us. Briand will talk a bit about how he went along a bit further in his journey um, of the self-discovery of his identity. In these moments, Briand realizes he wants to truly explore his culture, his culture that was largely downplayed, like, his entire life. It, It was my father's 99th birthday, And on the way back from one of my gigs, you know, on that day, it was a Sunday, and I I had to stop at his gravesite, which was in Chippewa City, which which is right outside of Grand Marais. And and I went up there, and I looked, you know, I visited his grave. And and so I walked around, and I saw um, his father and his... his grandfather, you know, so so my grandfather and my great grandfather, and 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 I looked at all the names that were there, and and and, and I really absorbed it. And then I thought about my, you know, my ancestors, and they were all from up here, and this was the very land that they, you know, that they where they lived, and and that beach is the very beach that they they walked on and so i i needed that to to feel like a part of my my ancestry you're listening to native lights where indigenous voices shine native lights is produced by minnesota native news and is made possible by the arts and cultural heritage fund today we are revisiting a conversation we had with anishinaabe jazz guitarist briand morrison Briand is a member of the Grand Portage Band of Lake Superior Chippewa. We spoke with him in 2019 during season one of this program. When we had this conversation, it was a pretty chilly day, but we still braved the cold and had a bit of a conversation on the beach at his house on Lake Superior. The waves come and wash the the pebbles um, out. I mean, the, the 
they completely clear this so there's bare rock underneath. And then the next day, the waves will bring a, a big pile of, of rocks here. And so it's kind of like a beach again, you know? So one day it's, there's no beach. <laughs> then the next day there's the beach again. You know, and, and it wasn't always like this because for a whole summer I slept right here. A medicine man told me to, I asked him what, what I, I was having trouble. I needed some guidance and medicine men rarely do this, but he said, he goes, sleep right there. And he pointed to this very spot. And I, and so I did, I slept out here for a whole summer. And, and at the end of the, the summer, I, we had my naming ceremony and he um, gave me a name, a dream, a spirit at the edge of the lake. Bay Kamagabo. This was in 07. So all these moments of self-discovery, of learning more about his identity, Briand is now pouring all of this into his project called Anishinaabe Jazz. My new project is called Anishinaabe Jazz. I want to uh, explore my own um, training and my own style of music that I've studied and developed. And I want to bring that in with traditional Anishinaabe singing and drumming. And I want to, I want to, I want to bring them together as a form of self-discovery. This life, it, you know, I felt mostly that it was I was kind of an oddball, you know. But you know, but I but I made it through, and I I went through the motions of going to school and then learning stuff and finding something, you know, a job and, and experiencing and getting to experience a lot of good art and music and and some of the most affecting music that to me ever that I've heard is the Anishinaabe drum. And the native drum. Um, anyway, so when I hear this music, it's just I, you know, I just my heart just soars. Like I can I can feel my whole body, my fill up. Like that's how I want to. That's how I want music, my music to be. And I, when I play it, I want to feel that. I want to feel my body fill up, my soul, you know, fill up. What I'm, what I'm doing with Anishinaabe Jazz is that I listen to the music and I listen to the drama, I listen to the singing, and, and then I try, start to play along with it. And then I go to myself and play something, carrying through the same emotional content teaches me and so that's that's the beauty of where I'm at this this journey through music that I'm taking is it's it's a journey through life oh 
Oh man, I really want to jam with this guy. Yeah, that guitar sound is smooth. Yeah. But do you remember hearing the drum for the first time? Like what Brianda's talking about here? I mean, I must have been very, very young when we went to the, my first powwow. But yeah, it does have that effect on you that just that that pulsing rhythm and the you know the soaring soaring voices over the top of it, and it's something that continues to definitely inspire some of my music today. Yeah, and you know, he was just playing that little bit there that I caught. He was just playing that in his in his uh, living room. Mm. And so I just kind of <laughs> recorded it a little bit and you know, it has that pulse and the the melody on top and I was like, yeah, I can hear it. <laughs> But yeah, I remember hearing the drum for the first time and being like, holy smokes, my hair is blown back. You know, it's almost like you can hear it with your eyes, right? Like the vibrations just like go everywhere in your body, mm. uh, which is just so beautiful. And I think very connecting, you know, connects people with this vibration, this pulse. Um, and that's one thing that I really like about powwows, yeah. hearing that. One of my biggest musical influences is Robbie Robertson of the band, and he's Mohawk native, and he brings in a lot of his uh, native experiences into his songs. Yes, I, I hear that in some of the, the music that you do, including you know some of the incidental music or uh, music that we have for Minnesota Native News. Mm-hmm. Um, I also have a little bit, and sometimes it's not even like you're trying, mm-hmm. right? It's just, just it just happens. comes out. Yeah. Um, here's a little bit of one of my tunes called "May We Rest," and I think we did have this conversation in rehearsal, but the the drums are very much native inspired. got that foundation of the drums and then your inspiration of you know like you know your Tori Amos piano and stuff like that you, know? you are now my best friend <laughs> you, <know? laughs> you said Tori Amos yeah. in the same sentence as you referring like to me we're gonna mention her in every episode <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome so there you go You've been listening to Native Lights, Where Indigenous Voices Shine. Today we heard from Anishinaabe jazz guitarist Briand Morrison. 
Briand is a member of the Grand Portage Band of Lake Superior Chippewa. You can find more about Briand at his website, briandmorrison.com. Native Lights is produced by Minnesota Native News and made possible with support from the Minnesota Arts and Cultural Heritage Fund. You can hear more conversations like this on demand with the Native Lights podcast. Just search for Native Lights wherever you listen to podcasts. You can also find show notes and links online at minnesotanativenews.org. I'm Cole Primo. And I'm Leah Lem. This has been Native Lights. Miigwech for listening. Giga Wobbleman. <laughs>